Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory comes with part three of his power-packed series, Authority. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Today, we're going to look at Authority, Part 3. All the notes are in the YouVersion Bible app, or you can go right on our website. Uh, they're also a church online platform as well. Uh, all of the notes up until today are in there as well, so I'm not going to do much review because we have a lot of ground to cover today. We've learned that as new creations, we have been put in a position of power and authority. And this is a position that's been delegated to us by God through Jesus Christ. So along with that authority comes certain responsibilities. And so what we're doing is examining God's Word concerning that position and the authority that we have in Him. Let's look at our foundation text. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has is past tense. How many of you are not trying to get delivered? You're already delivered, okay? And, and what happens here is that your mind has to be renewed to this truth so that you can actually walk in it. So he's delivered us from the power. That word power there is exousia, and it means mastery or delegated influence or authority that Satan received when Adam sinned back in the garden of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, according to the New King James Version. So we noted that word conveyed or transferred. Uh, literally, it's like a transferring money out of one account into another account. How many know it can't be in both accounts at the same time? It's either in one. So, you're, if you're saved, you're not in the kingdom of darkness. And you're not struggling with darkness. The problem is you believe you are and you believe you're struggling, so you do. But the moment you change that, how many know you'll, you'll be over in the kingdom of his dear son, walking in the light of the word of God that he provided for you, and you'll see victory. You'll see that light just kind of light a path for you and provide victory for you in every single area of your life. Now, we looked at point number one, which was understanding authority. Point number two was what is power. Point number three, Jesus has been given all authority. Four was Jesus is in a position of authority. Five is all things have been put beneath the authority of Jesus. And six, Jesus alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So all of our needs are met in him. Let's pick up with point number seven on today. Point number seven uh, is, let me get to it very quickly. All authority and power is found in the name of Jesus. So all authority and power is found where? In the name of Jesus, all authority and power is found in the name of Jesus. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 9 through 11, but before we get there, I'm just going to quote it. I'll back up to verse 5. Remember when Jesus said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus? Notice that word let means you have to allow yourself to think the way he thinks and have the attitude that he had. And what he's really saying there, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, that's a powerful statement. The son was saying that he was equal to God. And he said, let that same attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that I am equal with God. I'm not God, 
but as his child, he made me his equal. I know that's a lot to swallow, which gives me all rights and privileges that the son has. Jesus, I have too. I know that's a lot to swallow. Can you all receive that today? Yes. Now, if Bill Gates was your father, would you be concerned about paying your bills? Going to college? Going on vacation? If Elon Musk, and again, I'm not endorsing anyone here. I'm just using names. Would you be concerned about a car? Why? Because he's got garages full of them all over the world, right? And you would believe that because that's your father, which makes you equal, that if I need one, he'll get one to me. So what I'm going to work on today is we live so far below our privileges because we don't accept what he actually made us. Verse 9 says, because of that obedience, and we know what that obedience was, death, right? Even to the death of the cross is what verse 10 says or what verse 8 says. It says, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. See, obedience will multiply your greatness. If you'll just believe what I just said to you and actually act on that, it'll multiply your greatness. Says here, multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names because of his obedience. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. So, folks, why not do it now? Since he just told us we're all going to have to do it one day then we might as well do it now, all right? We're going to have to bow to that name. And every tongue will proclaim in every language that Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Now, if you are a born-again Christian, I want you to say and proclaim, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, this time, say it from your chest. Say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to type that in online. Just type it in. Jesus Christ is Lord. There's something so powerful. But you know what you just said? Over everything in your life, he is the supreme in authority. Over my marriage. Come on, somebody. Over my children. Over my finances. Come on, somebody. And if you would just live like what you just confessed, you're going to see greatness. So letter A up underneath that, God highly exalted Jesus and gave him a name that is above every other name. Letter B, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone will have to do that. Point number eight, because believers are in Christ, 
authority is given to them. Now, I'm going to give you something else right here if you're able to receive this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Passion Translation says, Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, the King James Version and the New King James Version says, Now, if anyone is in Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Now, what I used to think that meant was my waves would come back. I literally believe that. I got saved and I said, boy, I'm getting ready to be back. They never came back. But what happened on the inside was far greater than my waves coming back. On the inside, he made me an entirely new creation. How did he do that? His spirit came to live on the inside of my spirit. Now, how many of you know an eviction had to take place in that moment? Because I was all Satan prior to that moment. And how many of you know those two aren't living in the same space? So he had to evict Satan, right? Take up residence on the inside of me. And I'm going to prove this to you in a moment if you can receive this. And then on the inside, I became an entirely new creation. And I believe that. So much so, I started telling people, I don't do that stuff no more. And they were like, what? We were just at the club last night. <laughs> it was just like that, too. Exactly what I'm describing to you is exactly what it was. The next weekend, they came to pick me up. I don't do that stuff no more. What? He going through a phase. Okay, <laughs> if you know, you were, you were back there doing that time. Folks, it's been 33 years of going through a phase that I've just never come out of. All right. Now, if you can receive this, listen to the rest of this verse. All that is related to the old order has vanished. It literally died the moment you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Watch this. Now, behold, everything is fresh and new. I'm trying to help you understand that there's enough power in the name of Jesus when you confess him as the Lord of your life to evict every level of darkness out of your life, make you a completely new creation on the inside. You never have to go back to your old life while you're growing and developing in the fresh and new. Somebody can walk out of here today completely free if you'll just receive that. You know why you keep going back and forth? You never believed that. You never received it and never believed it. So in your mind, this is what it is. Christian struggle. Then why did he die? Why did he come on? So why did he go through all of that for us to struggle the rest of our lives? Doesn't make sense, does it? Somebody say, I'm free. I'm free. Somebody say, I'm free to live. I curse cigarettes right now. Every level of it from vape, vape pipes, marijuana. I curse alcohol in the name of Jesus right now. The taste of it is taken away from your mouth right now. I curse hanging out and partying. I curse that party spirit right now. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. You are free from clubs, free from hanging out. Come on, somebody. You're free from it. You can learn to have fun in a completely different way. 
without a hangover the next morning. Come on, without feeling guilty. Come on, somebody, without worrying whether or not you're pregnant. Come on, somebody, without worrying or not whether or not you have a sexually transmitted. I don't know how we think that's fun anyway. I curse fornication right now. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. It no longer has any power over your life. If you receive that, you can walk free from it today. Hallelujah. I curse adultery right now. I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. That lying, wicked spirit, I curse it at its root right now and tell it to come out of any person struggling with that in the name of Jesus. Oh, I need some free people in here to shout hallelujah. Come on, I really need some free people in here to give God glory. Come on, give him honor, give him praise. I promise you I was drunk on Friday night at a party on Friday night, acting a fool on Friday night. Saturday, I'm walking around with a Gideon Bible on a college campus telling everybody I'm not that man anymore. I've given my life to Christ, and I have never looked back since that day. And I always share this story, but I kept cussing. <laughs> so how can he deliver you from, from drinking, fornication, come on, somebody, and clubbing and not cussing? And I'm telling you, I, I was a cussing Christian. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I kept cussing. Y'all don't mind me just being honest in here, do you? I mean, I cussed. I was like, mother, nah, nah, be, uh, mother, 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 mother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just wait till we get out of church. Hallelujah. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, I said that for a reason. I curse that cussing spirit right now. Come on, come out of this building in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. True story. And then the Spirit of God just showed me. You, he said, you wanted to stop doing the other things. You didn't want to stop cussing. Because how many know cussing sometimes can feel good? It's like an empowerment all by itself, right? It adds power to a conversation, right? Especially if that conversation is go used to. I should say used to add power to a conversation, right? Folks, I can look everyone in here and there. That stayed with me for about three more years. Last time I cussed was probably 30 years ago. Even letting one slip out of my mouth. 30 years ago. Don't tell me God ain't powerful enough. It's not on his end. Somebody say it's on my end. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, stop all that cussing. Today. Somebody, that hit right home right there. There's somebody in here. They left, that was God right there. That, that was God. Boy, that hit home. Look, look over at a neighbor on the other side. It's a cussing spirit in here today. Look at a different neighbor and say, neighbor, you will stop that cussing today. Now, somebody, thank God, they're delivered from cussing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So letter A up under that, you are now a part of the body of Christ. 
Letter B, Christ Jesus is the head of the body. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 18 together. Colossians 1, 15 through 18 out of the Passion Translation. It says, he, Jesus, is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. So if you ever want to know what God is like, then study the scriptures about Jesus because it will show you exactly what God is like. And then he is the firstborn heir of all creation. Now, how many know if there's a firstborn, then there must be a secondborn and a thirdborn and a fourthborn? I don't know what born I am in that number, but I am so glad that I am in that number and I am a heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ, which means I am an inheritor. So everything that the Father left for Jesus, he left for me. For through the Son, everything was created both in the heavenly realm and on earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen, I love this, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, whether it's spiritual authority, demonic influences, or powers, or governmental authorities, all of them are below the authority of Jesus Christ. And you follow your government as your government follows Christ. When your government shifts from Christ, now how many know we need to shift from our government? That's why we have voting power. Hello, somebody. We need to pray, and we need to get people in seats of authority that follow God's righteous laws. We don't have to sit back and take a lot of this stuff that we're seeing, but don't complain about it if you're not going to vote about it. Your vote is your seed. My wife and I, we went out and voted on Saturday. We talk before we go, and then we go and we vote. But how many know she's an individual, so she votes her way, I vote my way, right? And we don't let none of that. Sometimes we don't see the same way. And how many know that's okay? That's not an issue of division in our home, right? Because we agree on the, the greatest thing. You all know what that is? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we don't major on the minors, we major on the majors. And as long as he's on the throne, everything's going to be all right. So now, he's over all of that. Verse 17, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. Now, I want to just say this for a moment. Everything finds its completion in him. And a part of the challenge with the body of Christ today is we're trying to find our completeness in everything but God. When at the end of the day, God is the only thing that can, can complete you. Thank God for clothes, but, but they just, it's a wardrobe. It doesn't make you complete. Christ makes you complete. Hello, somebody. I want to say this to somebody. I was going to hold this back, but... But, but having a man in your life will never complete you. You can, you can have a man in your house and be as alone and lonely and miserable as I don't know what. Right? So if you're looking for the opposite sex to complete you, it will never happen. That's why my wife and I get along so great, because we not, we're not looking for each other to complete each other. It's just this simple. Do you. 
Do what makes you happy. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Love you. Because the better you love you, the better you're going to love me. It's not about making me happy. It's about what makes you happy. Because watch this. I'm going to do the things that make me happy and make me feel good about myself. I'm not looking for somebody else to do that. I'm not waking up in the morning, oh, they didn't say this to me. If they do, praise God. If they don't, praise God. Because I'm complete in him. I need somebody to get that revelation in here today. Right? If, you get, if you get it, praise God. Right? And, and that's the secret sauce to life right there. We put too much stock. If I get this, then I'm good. You get it and you realize you're not good. Because it'll never complete you. And I just want to say this in this tattoo, weed smoking generation and culture that we live in. None of that stuff will ever, it's chasing the wind. I want to say this to somebody sitting up there. You are beautiful just the way that you are. You don't need to change nothing about you. You don't need to add nothing, take nothing away, put nothing on. When you learn that you are complete in him, God will send somebody into your life and love every aspect of who you are just the way that he made you. Right? Because if you got to make yourself different for somebody to like you, then guess what? When they don't like that anymore, then you got to make yourself different again. Right? Then when they don't like that anymore, then you got to make yourself different again. Why not just celebrate the way that he made you? Because he, he made you wonderful. He made you fearless. Come on, somebody. He made you anointed. He made you glorious. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in his eyes. So what is your position in the body of Christ? Letter D. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, 10 through 12. It says, and our own completeness is now found in him, and we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. Circumcision means cutting. What is he referring to here? All the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. All of the guilt. Listen, we've all messed up. He took your guilt and your shame on the cross. We've all done things that we're ashamed of. We've all missed the mark. We've all just been stupid at one point or another in our life. But you are not what you've done. You are what he made you. Come on, somebody. Stop beating yourself up. Yeah, it's bad what happened to you, but that's what happened to you. Redefine yourself. Repurpose your life. Redirect that. Take your pain and turn it into purpose. Come on, help other people overcome what it is that you went through. You went through it. God knows you're strong enough because he brought you through it. Now use it to lift yourself and help others get to where they need to get to in life. Stop living back there. He cut away sin, and he cut away all your guilt. Somebody ought to thank God for that. If I just look at what I've done wrong, I should not stand on this stage. If it's just based on what I did wrong. 
And I know you all think, I, I'm talking about like two weeks ago. <laughs> I think stuff I shouldn't think. Sometimes I see stuff I shouldn't see. I just thank God he cut it all away. Come on, somebody. I have to work hard just to guard my eyes, my ears, my mouth. Come on, somebody. You all can sit out there and act like you've been born again since your childbirth. You came out of the womb praying in other tongues. Come on, you ain't had no challenges in your life. I'm telling you, I got to pray every day just to keep from doing something stupid. Come on, I got to spend time in the Word every single day just to save myself from doing something stupid on that day. And I know that. Every day I wake up, if I don't pray today, this might be the day I do something stupid. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? I know that about myself. Was that God? That's a good place to give an altar call if you're not saved right now. Because God just spoke and reiterated what I just said. Let's keep going. So all of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct. That means it's removed, it's gone because of what Christ the anointed one has accomplished for us. For we've been buried with him into death, and our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. That power raised, that same power that raised him from death's realm. Now, if you understand what he just said here, that's what's living on the inside of you right now. The same ability and power that raised Christ from the dead, it's available and in you. Okay? Do you believe that today? Do you really believe that today? All right? And so what he's saying here is the moment a person becomes born again, you are buried or baptized into death. And it's what I just described from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That old man has died. If you really were sincere about it. Died. Right? How many of y'all after you got saved, you just kept living the wrong way? No, no, it's okay. Don't, don't lift your hand. Put your hand down. There's too many hands starting to go up. Yeah. So how many of y'all, you didn't receive it the way he actually gave it to you? And sometimes it's just sometimes ignorance from up here. Like I was trying to live right, and my pastor told me. I went to my pastor, and I'm I'm I almost slipped up, and I feel bad about it. Girl came down to see me from college. It was close, close call, right? <laughs> close call. I had over my bedpost a scripture up on my wall, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. And it says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without, is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God? For you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God to your body and your spirit. I'm getting ready to close the deal, and I looked over my head. That's, some, that's for somebody in here. Maybe you need to put a scripture over your, 
And I saw that scripture, and I said, you got to go. True story, close call. And I felt so bad, I wanted to tell my pastor. And my pastor told me, boy, it don't take all of that. How many of y'all know he told on himself? That's what my pastor told me. He, he said, boy, it doesn't take all of that. Calm down. You're not going to get rid of all of that right away. Now, if I wasn't just who I was, what he gave me a license to do was to just keep acting a fool. I just thank God I didn't listen to that. Ephesians 2.6 says, he has raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Now, I don't know if you all understand what I just read. He actually brought you right into that level. The moment you received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he took you from where you are and brought you and put you in the seat right next to Christ. Can you all receive that? I was going to do a visual for you all, but that clock is running fast. So if you can have a picture of heaven, you have God the Father. Matter of fact, Minister Johnny, can you come here for a moment? Uh, not the chairs because it's going to take too long. Minister Johnny, come on up here for a minute, Usher. So, Minister Johnny is going to be God. Actually, bring the chairs out. They'll see it a little better. So, you'll be God because you have a big thunderous voice. You, you're going to be Jesus. You come over here. You'll be Jesus. Okay. And then I'll need a third chair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, right behind those two. And then just one more chair behind Minister Johnny. All right. So now, I need another volunteer. But I want somebody from the audience this time. My, my brother. Anybody that go, woo, come on down here, my brother. Yeah, come on down here. All right. Now, I just want you to sit right here for a moment. Just sit on this end so you're close near me. So we have the Father God, right? We have Jesus. Right? Jesus is seated. Both of you guys sit down. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Right? The moment we become born again, notice what this scripture says. He raised us up with Christ, the anointed one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. So, sir, I want you just gave your life to Christ. So, I want you to come down here to the altar. Right? And I just led you in the, in the Lord's uh, prayer. You just gave your life to Christ. Spiritually, what happens to us is now I want you to come right up here. The moment he says that I receive and believe that Jesus Christ died, he became born again. This is what the Father does. He comes and he gives him a seat right next to Jesus. Right? Immediately. Right? He gives him a seat right next to Jesus. Now, watch this. He doesn't feel worthy because he knows what he did wrong. He knows where he's at. He knows what he's doing. So, so he can start feeling like he doesn't belong. And so this is what happens. When he prays to God, then Jesus intercedes on his behalf. 
See, because Jesus is the mediator between God and man. And so, believe it or not, the Father can't even see him over there. What he sees is his son and that blood that's at that mercy seat. Right? So then when he prays, Jesus says to the Father, I paid an awesome price for him to have what he just prayed to you right now. And, and Jesus literally intercedes for him and says, Father, do it for me. Because he's coming to you in my name. So now he, even though he just gave his life to Christ, has all the rights and privileges and authority that Jesus has. But for us, it's just so difficult for us to receive that and believe that because of what we've done. So that's why he said I had to take away all of the guilt and the sin so that you could feel worthy when you sit here. Okay. Can you all see that? And so I want you to stop. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Let's give all three of these gentlemen a big round of applause. You can leave those there. You can leave them there. Yeah. If you want to move them, you can. If you're going to do it, just do it quick. Whatever you're going to do. Whatever you're going to do, do quickly. <laughs> Boy, he looked new too, don't he? <laughs> you see how he walking back to his seat? He came off that stage like. I like that. All right, can you all see that? So, if you would just deal with life from the platform that you sit on, right? See, we're fighting battles at the level of what we're going through and not from the platform that he's given us. You see the difference? So, now that's, that's what this church is founded upon is, is learning how to see things from his perspective, not yours. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I'm trying to build this, and my clock is moving. You cannot separate the head. Christ is the head, but you cannot separate the head from the body. We are the body. He is the head. So, how many know wherever the head goes, the body follows? Whatever the head receives, how many know the body should receive also? So now, say this like you really mean it. I am blessed. I am blessed. Say, all my needs are met. All my needs are met. Say, I am supernaturally, I am supernaturally out of debt. Out of debt. Come on, say, my body is healed. Say, my mind is free. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Do you believe that today? Live from that platform. Number nine, Jesus gave you his authority. Now, let me just, I'm not going to start Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I'm not going to start at verse 17, but let me kind of give you the backdrop. He sent 70 of his disciples out to minister. 
Before he sent them out, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the harvest. And then listen to what he said. He says, for the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So, so there's not a shortage of people who need healing, who need to be saved, who need to be delivered. We just have very few disciples willing to go. So that's interesting that before he sent them, he said, pray this. Because there won't be a shortage of people who have the need. But there is a shortage of people who are willing to go out and meet the needs. Let's pick it up at verse 17. So when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Notice, not when we prayed, when we commanded. That's called authority. See, some of you all are settling for stuff you have no business settling for. Asking God to do stuff he's already done. He's telling you, commanded to leave your life. Verse 18, Jesus replied, while you were out ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. That's how fast it was. Folks, we are afraid of something, a mirage, a toothless lion, something that was defeated over 2,000 years ago. As soon as, you know how the, how, the, how the media and the government controls the world? Through fear. And God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So all they'll do is show you a bunch of people that this happened to them. And if you don't do this, it'll happen to you too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Instead of commanding it to stay away from your house, Drawing a bloodline around your house that Satan cannot befall. Come on, somebody. He, been, he already knows the drill. And if you'll just exercise it, he'll stay in his place. I'll prove this to you before I let you go today. So, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now, you understand that I have imparted to you all of my authority to trample over his kingdom, lowercase h. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. I don't care how many variants come. They can multiply all of them. It ain't coming near me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And nothing shall by any means harm me. Now, I'm not foolish. I'm, you know, I'm going to exercise. Eat right. Come on, somebody. Get the proper amount of rest. Come on, get some vitamin D. Hello, somebody. I'm going to do the things, right? And what my faith is responding to what I believe he's already provided for. Through how I live. Does that make sense to everyone in here? Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven 
and that you belong to God's kingdom. Listen to this. This is your true source of authority. See, so a lot of people want the authority without the sonship. And I could just go a lot of places with that right there. And how many know because God loves people, he'll use people to, to help people. And sometimes even those people aren't living it themselves. And because his grace and his mercy is so vast, he'll give them enough time to try to get that together. And then eventually, boom, the bottom drops out. Thank God that we can use his authority. But I'm more thankful that I'm a child of God. Come on, anybody else in here more thankful that you're a child of God? Thank God we can do all the other stuff. But, but here's what he's actually saying. Don't run back with joy because you watched a, because you prayed in his name and what you prayed happened. What he said is give God all the glory for that. What you go back rejoicing about is that your name is written in the book of life. You see what he said there? Where people get messed up is, look what I did. Did you see what God used me to do? Now look at my ministry. <laughs> see, that's where they get messed up. I don't know if you all just caught that. I said, don't return with joy over that. Give me the glory for that. If you want something to be excited about, be excited that your name. See, what he's saying is here, don't do the work and have no relationship with me. See, many people are going to come in that day and say, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Many people, the scripture says, going to come in that day, didn't I do this? And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you. But they were out doing work in his name. But he said, depart from me, because I didn't know you. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Perspective, right? See, we see 100 people get healed, right? We want to say, no, that's not no. Say, look at what God did. Give, give God the glory. Give God the glory. I'm just glad I'm saved and was available to be used. You, you see the difference? That's why I'm going to, I think, I, I just want to stay low. I don't want people to praise me. I don't want people to say to give the pastor. I don't want a pastor's day. I don't want none of that stuff. I don't even want when I retire. I don't even want no celebrations. I don't want none of that. So I'm telling you in advance, I don't want none of that. <laughs> All I want to do is get to the end and hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. I don't want none of the rest of that stuff. I'm telling you in advance. So when you throw it and I don't show up, you know why. Because it ain't about me, and it never will be about me. And I refuse to let you make it about me. It's about God. I don't want none of that ever. Pastor's offering. Pastor's celebration. Pastor's anniversary. Pastor's Father's Day. Man, I, what about my father? I got to get him a gift too. <laughs> we, we take up so many offerings for the pastor. I'm telling you, don't do that here. Don't do that here. Give your offering in the offering. 
and let us get more people saved with it. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. All right. Now, I know the word says give honor to where honor is due and all of that. I understand the balance. But what I've learned is the less I look for it, the more God gives it to me. And so when you don't have an expectation, you'll never be disappointed. See, Jesus said it this way. All my expectation comes from him. Still glad you came to church today? I feel like we've made Satan mad. Can we just give a real good hallelujah shout in this place? All right, I'm going to go through these real quick and then let you all go. Verse number 10, Jesus expects you to use, his, use the power that's in his name to do his work here on the earth, right? Mark chapter 16, 15 through 18 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out, eject the spell, send away demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, I want to enlighten you here. He did not say the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. This is the believer. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to heal people, even yourself. I want to prove it to you. If you have any sickness or disease in your body right now, lift your hand. Any form of sickness and disease. All right, if you see somebody sitting next to you right now, lay your hands on their shoulder if they will allow you, right? Some part of their body, right? Scripture just says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, lay your hands on some part of their body, right? And I want you to say these words to me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that by his stripes you are healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and thank God for it. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Come on, it's just that simple. Come on, thank God for that. It's just that simple. All right? Now let's take it to another level. Look at all the people standing. How I many of y'all already can sense something different in your body right now? Right? Now let's take it to another level, right? If you have any form of sickness and disease in your body, lift your hand right now. I'm going to show you how to take it to the highest level, all right? Now, if you see somebody with their hand up, you're near them, stretch, put your hand on some, a certain part of their body or stretch your hands towards them on their shoulder or stretch your hands. In. Now, watch this. Now, say, Father God, Father God I, command I command whatever is ailing them ailing. to leave, leave. Now. now in Jesus' name. That's authority. Come on, that's authority. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's authority. Come on, come on, that's authority, glory to God. Commanding things. I got to hurry. Number 11, you as a believer have the authority and right to exercise the power that's in the name of Jesus. Now, watch this now. I'm going to show you a little. Go ahead and praise God. It's okay. Praise God. However, whatever he's doing, praise God. John 14, 12 through 14, listen to this now. I tell you a timeless truth. Now, now I'm going to give you some revelation out of this verse. The primary thing, principle here is not prayer. Watch this. 
I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. And even greater miracles than these because I go to the Father. So the context here is doing the work, not praying. You see the difference? Then he says here, for whatever you ask me to do when you pray, when you ask me in my name, that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. So notice when you're out doing the work, Jesus wants to show the world what the Father is really like. You see that? We've been using this for selfish reasons and not the fullness of what it's really there for. I've learned there's always more power when I'm out there doing his work than in this building. Just an observation. Whatever you ask the Father so he can show the, show the world what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I'll do it for you, right? And, and again, the context here is doing greater works than he did. How many of we should see greater healing? If you, if you can sense something happened in your body, raise your hand right now. Look around this room. Raise your hand. Raise it up real high. You can sense something happened in your body. Look around this room. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that. I see you back there, my brother. I'm rejoicing with you. Okay? Now, the original Greek word translated as ask means to ask for or demand. Isn't that interesting? In that text. So, the principle of demanding in John 14, 12 through 14 is primarily referring to doing the works of Jesus. See that? Y'all remember in Acts chapter 3, verse 6? Right? The man at the gate called Beautiful laying there begging for money. Right? What did Peter say to him? He said, silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he commanded that, didn't he? Rise up and walk. And the Scripture says the man leaped up on his feet and began running and dancing and praising God because Peter knew his authority. So you're not demanding of God, you're demanding that the enemy leave your situation. See the difference? You're not saying, God, do this. You're demanding and commanding the enemy to leave that situation. You all see the difference? All right. Watch this now. You have an adversary, but it's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your boss. His name is Satan. Now, I want to empower you before I let you go today. You have an adversary. 1 Peter 5a says, be sober. If you look that word sober up, it means abstain from wine and be discreet. So I curse that wine demon in here right now <laughs> and alcohol. Two amens. I said I curse that wine demon in here right now. And then he says, be vigilant. That word vigilant means to watch. See, pay attention. How many of your judgment is a little off when you drink wine? A lot of it. More than you should. How many of you know your judgment is a little off? I know I would have to do that to be something that I wasn't when I was in college and put my face on. That's what we used to call it. You got to get your face right. That's why you ain't acting right. So we can go act like what we really weren't. 
And then that wear off, and then the real me. And then it go be something that I wasn't. I always did something that I would have never done had I not been. It's getting quiet. See, when that's a pocket right there. That's called a pocket when you minister. Because your adversary, that word adversary means opponent, the devil walks about like a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour. Now, how many know there are some whoms out there that he cannot devour? That's why he's seeking the ones that he can. Somebody say, I'm one of those that he cannot devour. John 10.10, 10, the Amplified Classic says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does. So when you start seeing that stuff in your life, know your adversary is at work. Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. All right, and I'm just going to stop right there. I want, well, I want to read one more verse. You all have all of these in your notes. So you can go home and read these. I want to show you something here. Satan cannot devour the Christian who uses the name of Jesus with authority. Again, I know this, but it's impossible for him to devour the Christian that knows their authority in Christ. Look at James 4, 7, and we'll just end here for today. James 4, 7 says, so then surrender to God. Watch this. Not run from the devil. Stand up to the devil. Resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. So he says several things here. First thing you've got to do is surrender to God. Submit to God. How do you do that? Let's all stand to our feet. How do you do that? By submitting to the Word of God, right? Surrendering to God's will and His way over your will and your way. And he said there, so submit or surrender, and then he said resist, right? Well, how do you resist? That means I'm going to stick with God no matter what this situation looks like. I'm just going to stand on the Word, and I'm staying with God no matter what this looks like. And then the Scripture says that he will literally turn away from you. And I like what the Greek says there. He will run in stark terror away from you because you're acting like Jesus. And the same way Jesus untoothed him, he's saying, man, they're doing the same thing to me. So now I got to walk around looking for somebody else I can get. Somebody say, he's not getting me. Or mine. Now, se several people, uh, Father's Day weekend, we're going to have a special prayer uh, for fathers and their sons. And I have one too. See, like on one hand, I've got a great situation, right? And then I've got a great challenge on the other hand. But as the father, I take full responsibility for both scenarios. You all understand what I'm telling you here? And we're just going to take some time. We're going to pray for our son. We're going to pray for all our children, but we're going to pray in particular for our sons. How many of you know Satan can't have our sons? Right? And we're going to use this authority that God's given us because it's a real battle going on out here, folks. And in my case, my son is wired just like I was. And what I mean by that is when I was wrong, 
you couldn't make me be right. I just would never fake anything. Right? So I would tell people, nah, because I'm not going to play with that. So I respect that about them. But how many know at the same time, that light don't click on? And as parents, how many know we want that light to click on sooner than later? All right? So that's the area I'm dealing with and challenging me the most in life. Can I trust you all to pray with me for that? As I pray for you every single day, just pray for my son. Pray for me and pray for my son. Hallelujah. I take full responsibility, which means I won't quit until we win. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.